We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Meckis and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 444. We're brought to you today by betonline.ag. Go check them out. Use code BLUEWIRE and you get a welcome bonus. They've got a lot of action going on over there at Bet Online. There's a lot of stuff to talk about today, Scott. None of it's good. A lot of it's stuff. It's all repackaged. It's just trying to sell you guys something completely different, but actually the same. Well, yeah, that, that's the proposals <laughs> back and forth that when you actually do the math and look at the numbers, you realize it's the same total dollars in different wrapping paper. If that's not going to piss you off enough, that's been every single day since March 14th. Oh, it's been every it's right. been the, it's been the same thing in uh, in slightly different wrapping paper, yeah, but not really. 72 games, 80 games, 55 games, it all nets out to virtually the same amount of money for the players. But the big doozy was was Manfred on Friday, excuse me, uh, Monday afternoon saying, "Oh, now I'm not confident there's going to be a 2020 season." Ignore the fact that 5 days ago before the draft, I said there will unequivocally 
be a baseball season this year. We will have baseball. 100% confident we'll have baseball because I have the power to mandate it. But no, no, I'm not confident. Great. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Rob. You think that was a nice little bait move by, by Manfred saying, I'm going to say this because the players ultimately believe that we are going to mandate. Yeah. So I'm going to say this. They're not going to agree to the proposal. They're going to say, okay, let's go. You you mandate it, and then we file the grievance. I feel like it was baiting them to say that we're going to file this grievance so that they, because in the end of it, they, they knew that that was going to be the end game. That's one angle to it because that the news came out also that MLB told the Players Association there will be no season unless the players waive any legal claims against the Major League Baseball because right. the, the, the thinking is their players will show up for this year, but then they're going to sue, sue the owners down the line for, for not negotiating in good faith against that March agreement. Um, so the league is saying the only way we're going to play a season this year is if you waive those legal claims. So that's one angle to it. Definitely a realistic thing. The other is that Rob Manfred, the, the, the players basically told Manfred, okay, tell us when and where, and we'll be there. They said, Oh, they made a campaign about it. When and where, right. When When and and where where. June 15th, tell us when and where, and we're ready to go. Rob Manfred now is in the position. It's the middle of June realistically that means spring training would start in 10 days which means in theory they could start a season in the middle of july like if if everything is accelerated just a little bit if you turn everything up like 10 miles an hour over the speed limit you could get on the field by by july 15th i think i mean guys are working out they've been working out it's not like they have uh have been doing nothing or at least the majority of them have so i think they've been anticipating this at least at least preparing for it so that they could do a you know, more, more escalated ramp up time before this, uh, this season starts. So yeah, I think they could get going pretty quickly actually. And if that's, if you start in the middle of July, you could actually squeeze in 75 ish games. If you limit the off days, if you do a couple double headers, you could squeeze in about 70 to 75 games, even ending on September 27th. So, yeah, so while ending, while ending when they want to, right. End. So right. the players association is saying, and Bauer went on a Twitter rant about this last night. Oh, this is just another stall tactic by Manfred because he doesn't want to institute the longest possible season. He wants to institute the 54-game schedule, 48-game schedule, whatever that number really is that the owners want. Because remember, Manfred works for the owners. His boss, his boss is the 30 owners. So he does what, what those owners tell him to do. And if the owners are saying, we're only going to pay them full for 54 games, that's all Manfred can mandate. And I get people are mad about Manfred. He looks like a freaking clown for the way he has talked over the past couple of weeks. But what do they expect from him? He is an owner's puppet, just like every other sports commissioner. He's a proxy. You, as the commissioner of a league, work for the owners. If you do not do what the owners want, you get fired. So what, what are fans expecting Manfred to do? Come out and go against his 30 bosses? Side with the players? That's never going to happen. Doesn't matter who's in that position. They are going to side with the owners. I think there are better... Manfred is clearly not the best man for the job because of the way he has conducted himself and the way he has talked and made the league look. But I don't care if you have the, the best public speaker in there guy who can say all the right things at the end of the day, he is still working for the owners. Look, he can, that's, that's all true. He is working for the owners. There's nothing false about that, but 
the way that he goes about it, the way that he talks about it in the public eye, the way that he discusses his job as he's basically on the MLB side for, you know, he doesn't really say much of that. The the fact that he's, you know, I mean, obviously he's not going to come out and say he's a proxy for the owners, but that you can say it in so many words so that it's understood that you're there for the betterment of the game and not just a representative of these billionaire owners who are, who are mandating you to say these things. He's become a puppet in the worst way. He's become a puppet in the sense that he's now their talking box. Mm. He shouldn't be that. If you're the if you are the commissioner of the league, yes, you have to service the owners. That's understood. But at the same time, you also can have your own voice. You can have your own personality in the way that you go about things, and you can actually push back a little bit about the game of baseball to a point where there is pressure on the owners at the same time. You don't have to be their freaking walking piñata and just like going around doing whatever they ask or you're going to get beat, hit by a stick. You don't have to be that guy. Well, there have been commissioners that have tried to do that and guess what? They got voted out of, they got voted out of office. Their kids are uh, starring in Hollywood shows. <laughs> Who? Did, did you know that? Who? Uh Bartlett Giamatti's kid? Oh. Paul Giamatti. Oh, really? Yeah, it's his kid. You know that? I didn't know that. No. Yeah. Um, from the latest history episode on the the 150 year history of the players versus the owners, um, Faye Vincent got voted out of office when that little worm, evil genius Bud Selig, put him up for a vote of no confidence before the '94 uh, negotiations, because yeah. Vincent was siding too much with the players. He was he was he, he was like a players commissioner. So, but, so but there's a, the there's owners a were like, "No, we got to get you out of there." There's a line there where you can walk it. And yeah, especially I'm, being, now. I'm being a little, you know, sarcastic. I know, but but right now, in the way that that you can be in, out in front of of everybody in two seconds via digital media, there's ways for you to gain back that control a little bit as the commissioner of baseball and do it with some integrity. Look, both sides are completely wrong. I think. I think. I think both sides have handled this completely terribly. Yeah. There's there's literally. They're, the the players are, are walking like their shit don't stink like they're everybody else like they're every man walking taking the subway to work and you know doing all doing uh, you see that Longoria tweet yeah it's it's completely out of touch like half of these guys are out of touch it makes no sense what they're what they're saying a lot of the time that being said they also have a very strong case in the sense that their contracts are not tied to whatever attendance right. no. looks like yeah it never has been using the so, Longoria thing as an example he tweeted out. Someone, someone tweeted at him being like, um, you know, I do it for the betterment of the game. Get out there. This, the fans want it. And Longoria's. No, the guy was saying that he, I, I wish I could, uh, you know, take 80% or cry about not taking 80% and be okay. Like he, the, the guy had to take a 20% pay cut. Right, right. And a lot of people have had to do that who work for right, cor- a lot of corporations people, yes. over the past few months. Um, yeah. And especially in the New York area, I thought he was replying to something that said for the betterment of the game. Maybe that was someone who replied to his other tweet, but his tweet said players have a finite window to make their money. Their working lifespan is not the same as the average every man, which is right. true, except yeah. you're compensated for the fact that you can only earn over 10 to 20 years of, 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 uh, of your lifespan. You're compensated with millions and millions of dollars this right. year. 
even if baseball mandates the 50-game <laughs> schedule, he still gets $5 million, which is more than 99% of people in this country will make in their lifespan. So, dude, I get it. I get your point. I get what he's saying. You don't want to go out there for a discount. I'm not asking you to go out there for a discount. <laughs> but you sound like a complete and total asshole when you try and cry poor, even though you're still going to rake in $5 million bucks this year. Oh, and by the way, Longo, I guess you better take advantage of this year, whether it's 75%, 50%, 35%, because you're getting old. The alternative is zero old. for Longoria. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, so it, to his point, I'm like, I don't really understand your point no. because you in particular better get your ass out there to make any money right now because you do have a finite window. No one's going to want you back after this thing. And, and in theory, I'm on the player's side because... Because I do think the owners are in a better position as the billionaires to suck it are. up for this year and play baseball at a slight loss. I don't expect them to do that because they're genius businessmen who are now worth billions of dollars. You don't get to that spot by giving handouts. So they're not going to do it, but I think they could be in the position to do it. The players, though, lose me whenever Longoria or some, someone says something like that because it's out of touch. It's as out of touch as the owner's crying poor is when, when a player tries to cry poor to the public. Dude, you cannot relate to the average fan who buys a bleacher ticket. You just can't do it. Don't even try. The guy who's been my favorite is, um, and he became a, a favorite of mine last, you know, when he became a Yankee for a short uh, period of time, is Andrew McCutcheon. Mm. But I don't know if you saw the little skit that he did yeah, when yeah, he was talking his about IG, his son with his the IG. juice in the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like, yeah, if you do this, you get juice. Then the kid does it, and he's like, here, water, <laughs> water. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's been a back and forth. It's it's not a pretty sight in the public eye by any means. And really, both both sides are just... It's amazing. They're, just, they're, they're digging in too much. I don't know if you saw Michael Kay's rant. He went off on the on the on uh, on his radio I show. I saw he's, on, he's whole... firmly on the owner's side, though, right? Oh, no, he's... I mean, well, this... I, I don't listen to him on a I don't regular e basis. I don't either. But he was taught in this in this uh, in this clip that I saw. He was going off on both sides, mm. which is true because at yeah. this point, both sides has to me has mud on their face and and it's just you know they, they they can't figure it out at this point. Like it's this this has gone so far down the line of of um, it, I agree it it is it is absolutely in bad faith the way that this is going down. When you see now what the owners really at the end of the day, all they wanted to do is mandate this 50 game season, mm -hmm. but do it in a way where the players wouldn't file a grievance. Yeah. I, I don't know how they were supposed to get to that point, but they screwed that it's up. It's like they were, they were like, okay, if we trick them this way, maybe they won't do the math on this proposal and they'll agree to it as if so it, 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 it's, you got a bunch of Twitter people out there just being like, hold on, give me, give me three seconds to crunch the numbers. Dot, dot, oh, yeah, it's the same total dollars. Like, dude, this is not that hard. And what's it's with like the, trying to get away with like a like not touching the, the ball on a putt when you're the Masters on like the 18th green when everybody's watching you? Well, bro, there's cameras. Right, like, yeah, millions of people Twitter's just saw Twitter's that. Happen. Twitter's gonna get you. But yeah. like, <laughs> what's with the, this quote negotiation? This is not a negotiation. This is a, a back and forth through the media, no, yeah. through letters. Like, it's like it's the 1700s and they're exchanging letters across across the land. Like, I okay, maybe you literally can't get face to face because of coronavirus, but get on a Zoom call for eight straight hours and hammer this thing out. This is the these two sides. They you don't, don't think these billionaire owners can figure out a room where they don't uh, just it's like sucks the air out of you as soon as you talk, so that you could be coronavirus free to get in a bubble suit, be a bubble boy for the afternoon. Yeah. 
these Sumo two wrestle after last that. week we said these two sides need a divorce. These two sides don't even they need to be shot to different planets. That's how far <laughs> apart they are. Yeah, it's well. Here's the thing though. I don't even think they're that far apart. I oh, just think that they they're so locked other. in on whatever they want, on whatever they want to do, that they're they refuse to get to that middle ground because they are actually not that far apart. If you look at the numbers and look at like where they are, they're pretty goddamn close. No, okay, which is the most frustrating thing. Okay, but for me, it's the most frustrating thing because it's like right, it's right there. Like just, just but it is you move here, but it isn't though because yes, I know like. Yeah, maybe it's a couple hundred million dollars that's separating them, but it's so much more than that. Right, that's my point, is that the actual numbers, the deal itself, the deal, the money, the deal is there. It's right but there. But they're, so they're negotiating for things that aren't just about money. Yes, we say right. it always comes down to the money. That's going to be the end-all, be-all. But they're negotiating for every other little perceived right and perceived wrong over the past decade after they're decade. also negotiating just not to lose yeah and and, 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 that's and on principle as hell. and on principle and this is we are now seeing the lead up i mean this is negotiating for the next cba that's what this is this gave them an excuse to do it early and they and they picked the worst possible time to do it when everyone when there's nothing else going on other leagues, while they disagree on on return schedules and things like that, they don't come off of to- as total jackasses like like this league. I I I let me ask you I a question. This yesterday, and I, I genuinely feel it. I sometimes hate that my favorite sport is baseball. Yeah, it's frustrating. It is frustrating because it's like it's not reciprocated on the other end. No, from from like, the, the the people that said what is baseball. The entity, the the owners, like, the players, everything. This is everything. like being a Jets fan. This is like being a Jets fan. <laughs> what does the you, entity you of baseball... You put your heart and soul into yeah. it, and they crush you, and they step on you, and piss on you. What do they give the fan? What do they give the fan? Seriously. A, a pain in the ass. Yes. It's 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 annoying. They are annoying to, to, to be a fan of. And that... This is, this is being... This is, this is a Jets fan. This is what it feels like to be a Jets fan. Look, the... What were you going to ask me? <laughs> So they've they've beaten them into submission. When and where? That's where we are right now. When and where? You tell us. We will be there. Oh, by the way, our lawyers are right behind us, but we will be there. So they they uh, okay. They come off forty eight games. MLB says you know, okay, fine. Sixty games, hundred percent prorated salaries. Meet you in the middle. Sign this waiver. Do they sign it? I don't think so. Because now it's on the players. At, at, yeah, I know. But at this point, I think... That's what's next, right? Um, at this point, I think the players are so dug in that they, they're up to their necks. They've dug in so far. I don't think they can get out unless unless it's... unless Someone's going to uh, have to. Like, for, for the only way the that the season... Is, but... The only way that the season is going to happen is if if uh, if there is a, a burying of your pride... To a point where they could just get on the field. But what is and what is really the difference between this, fifty-four point. games and sixty games? Because I think games, sixty-eight. No, games, I think I don't fifty-four. Know, it's a little bit of a jockey. I think fifty-four is the actual number. Forty-eight is not the real number. That doesn't actually make sense from a scheduling standpoint. Nothing works in forty-eight games. Fine, but fifty-four add 10, games. Add ten to whatever it currently is. Add ten games. Just give them ten games. Sixty-four games. Yeah. 64 games. Let's call it a tournament. Okay, and you asked me. I think 70 games. 70 games is the minimum for the players to agree. Six, 69? No, that's an odd number. That doesn't work. I mean, it's nice, but it's an odd number. <laughs> it's it's pretty nice. <laughs> um, 
Can we just that would be a great that would be a great move. Can we just make a joke? Let's make it sixty nine. <laughs> just games. everyone, everyone just laughs off the past three months because they yeah yeah we all just like games. you know what okay sixty nine. Uh, <laughs> we act like a bunch of twelve year olds when we go play baseball. Isn't that normally that's what we should be doing? We should be getting back. It's a kids game. Maybe you should Let's be, be dumb and juvenile. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So seventy. I, I'd say seventy games is the minimum that the players would agree to, and then they could they could s- save face in all of this. I don't think anybody's saving face. I don't think people are going to forget what's happened right now. I think that people under completely Oh, no, no. I'm not saying saving know. face to the public. I'm saying saving face for themselves. They can look in the mirror and say, okay, well, we did the right thing. Even though they did the wrong thing and the owners are doing the wrong thing. Everyone's doing the wrong thing. Everyone is actively acting like the biggest asshole they possibly can. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it's because the other guy's being an asshole to their face too. So... That's that there. It's a direct reaction to the other person and um, or the other entity, which I'm per- personifying because it's easier that way. I can throw hate at it easier. Uh, so let me ask you a question. They let, let's just say a miracle happens. They, they both uh, they both have some, you know, niceness in their heart on a, on a given day. And they're like, OK, let's agree to this. Then all of a sudden this letter comes out. 20 people, 20 players have have been diagnosed with with COVID-19 mm-hmm. we all have coronavirus we can't play anyway because of health reasons <laughs> that, that that would actually because the uh the Associated Press reported that Major League Baseball obtained um there was a letter that stated several players and staff had, have tested positive for yeah, COVID-19 the AP obtained a letter, the AP right. obtained a letter uh that Major League Baseball said several people have tested positive for COVID, which yeah, when I mean, it's like very vague. Exactly. As as, did they test like positive in March and now they're better, or did did they just test positive this week? So that right. that's very vague. But it, everyone kind of forgot about the coronavirus angle of this, and we're just like, okay, well, that's over with, and now we're just dealing with the money. No, no, no. We still have the health and safety protocols, which they have still not agreed on. Which be, which which we all know they're just going to agree on it. Like you, we've said this weeks ago, they're just going to be like, okay. Money is good, Whether, good. But be, just because they agree on Next it day, doesn't mean that it's realistic. Because if they no. agree on it and then they show up for spring training, and eight percent of eight percent of the of the people who show up of the league and the staff and the coaches have coronavirus, that then it's like okay, we're back to square one. What do we do? That's see, I, I'm very skeptical when you're looking across the uh, the different sports. I'm very skeptical that the NBA is even going to happen. I know they've set a date and they've done all these things and they're doing the bubble and all this, but uh, it doesn't look like they've totally figured out all the other things because you can't figure it out. That's the problem. That's the biggest problem. You can't figure it out. You just kind of have to go with it and then deal with it. Don't you think at this point there are people within baseball rooting for the virus? I mean, I don't think anybody's rooting for the virus per se. I mean, that sounds stupid, but like (laughs) this is what they're rooting for. That we can't play baseball because of coronavirus, and then oh, that MLB that will be the last. Oh, that yeah, will they're, be they're the legacy. For something. The legacy will be we had to not play twenty twenty because of coronavirus. I mean, even though we'll know the truth in That's twenty the backdrop right in now. twenty years, people will be like, "Oh, the twenty twenty season got shut down because of coronavirus." Not the twenty twenty season got shut down because both sides are assholes. Probably. I mean, it's the overwhelming backdrop of all professional sports for this year. So yes, history will definitely remember that first, especially because it's going to be talked across across sports. It's not just baseball. It's going to be it, all sports. It is important. I think people compare baseball. They're like, why can't baseball, you know, look at the NHL, look at the uh, uh, NFL, look at basketball and how they're dealing with it. 
baseball was in the unfortunate position where they never got off the ground. Hockey and and, and basketball had eighty to ninety percent of their season done. Yeah, they were they were ready to go. Yes, they're losing a ton of playoff money if they don't play, but they had the regular season done. Football had so had, they were off, so they they're down the line anyway. They can plan. Baseball was, it's like we're leaving tomorrow, and we had to shut it down today. That's what you're baseball training for had a marathon, and you started, and you're in the first like half mile of a marathon, and you got to shut it down. That's that's where yeah, they were. You, you have a calf. They just started spring. You training. blow your ACL at, at the point at the quarter mile mark. Not even blow it. Like you don't even know. No, no. You, it's like a sprain that just doesn't go away. It's like a it's a, it's it's a chest contusion that just doesn't heal. It's one of those things that you think you're going to be fine. He's fine. It's a chest contusion. It's good. Out three months. Out four months. And I think that's important to note. I don't think it excuses baseball, but I think it's important to note, and it it adds to the complexity and to the problem that the sport is dealing with. We'll wrap that up with the already dysfunctional relationship between the owners and the players union. Yeah. And then you add the, not only the virus, not only the fact that there's a CBA around the corner. Oh, but we just started and halted the season, had some uh, temporary deal that seemed like, <laughs> like, like a really good step forward in our relationship. I feel it like it was a really, there was, this, this, this was go back to the relationship. It's so part. funny. Like, I remember they talking break up about and that. Then, they break up and then like, oh man, but, but I'm going to make a change. I am not going to go and play poker with my boys. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to spend that time with you, baby. And, and now they're like, it was great for a month. It was, and then, but then there's like the urge to play poker. And now he's a degenerate gambler. He's an alcoholic. And he's, <laughs> you know, he's, he's treating his wife terribly. That's a so, good segue like, to the ad. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is just, uh, it's become a complete disaster. Don't you remember the episode we talked about? I vividly remember talking about, wow, these two sides came to such a quick agreement. Good for them. Maybe they're evolving. Maybe they're getting better as people. They came to an agreement quickly, quietly, and it was beautiful. And, and they can't even agree on what they agreed on. Yeah. The, and, and, and at the end of the day, that agreement is such a problem right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a problem. It's two sides. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I did not mean it. I'm, I'm only, well, I'm not going to. That's not my signature. That's, like... that's not my signature. No, no, that's not <laughs> yeah. my signature. Oh, you have video yeah, footage. Of, you have video footage of me signing? No, fake. Deep fake. I know there are robots that can do my signature exact. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, maybe not baseball, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something other than sports? Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Scott, you just alluded to that degenerate gambler who can't stop playing poker. This is Bet Online. That, th- that's your. So if spot you're that guy, guy, go to go visit BetOnline.ag. Use promo code BlueWire for a free welcome bonus. That's one word: BlueWire. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Oh boy, oh boy. So I said 54 games makes sense uh because i mean i i'm andrew nothing makes no no, no, i'm assuming hold on just uh, humor me for a minute i'm assuming if they do play a season it's going to be that regional 10 10 team league right 10 team division i guess yeah because it's the only thing that it with math that works out (laughs) math (laughs) so uh, i i think what the owners want is a july 27th start date 
and a September 27th end date with 54 games that equals one off day per week. That allows them the flexibility to um, deal with any coronavirus stuff, testing, cleanings, preparations. You play everyone in your division six times, one three-game series home, one three-game series road. The top winners go go to the playoffs, whatever that is. That's another thing. They're not going to be expanded playoffs. The players are never going to agree to that at this point. But No, no. I mean, there, there's not going to be any... Any, any uh, given. That's given the only the bargaining the chip side. that the players have is the playoffs. But, yeah. But at this point. but the owners still look at that and say, "Well, we never had that. We never had expanded playoffs." Right. So yeah, that's a bargaining chip. But you're not taking. It's only a value add for us. It's not an extra loss because we never had it. I mean, it's, it still may be something that they use now to get the deal done. It's a kicker. It's it's something that potentially the even owners could use it as a, a chip saying, okay, fine, we will extend. And we, we understand that there's a value add on the back end that you have to add to it and not sign, and sign the waiver that you're not going to sue us. Um, but we will move a little bit further to that. If we, you know, to your, to your point of hundred percent prorated at a longer period of time, give us the, the, the problem is they're running out of time as well. So that's the owner's strategy. It might be to bleed the clock. The owners, the owners have, the owners have the twenty-eight. I'm to saying three. to get to any any real agreement, where using the the players' value add kicker in order to use that, you need time, and they're running out of that. Too. Oh right, yeah, because they're just they haven't used the last two months for anything productive. Right. So I'm saying that little kicker that the players have is slowly going away too. <clears throat> um, Alex Bregman. We'll talk about the uh, the a, the Astro. We'll talk about the Astros chi- uh, chirping the Yankees after the fake cheating scandal. But he did reply to a Jason Stark tweet. Basically, the sentiment was that he thinks baseball has great fans, and whenever they return for whatever they return for, the fans are going to come back. That was his tweet. Um, that was their mentality when they were cheating for however long. Right. Too oh, they'll come back. So I mean, oh, forgive us. I, at this point, I do think there's a real, a realistic, even if they play in 2020, fans not watching because of how poorly this has all been handled. You and I are going to watch, but we're not what baseball is worried in about. In 2020? Yeah. I think the fans will watch. I think the ratings will be through the roof. Uh, uh, you don't because, think they've turned off a of, lot of people? I think they have, but I think that when it's on, it's like, oh, I'm not going to eat that candy bar, but then the candy bar is in front of you. Like, oh, I'm gonna eat that candy yeah, I know, but they're not going to be the only candy bar. Maybe. Uh, if they're just, the I, only I think, candy bar, fine. Of course, they're going to watch. But if there's the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs and football preseason going on, baseball will get the worst ratings out of those four. Of the three. Well, uh, well not of, of hockey. Nobody cares hockey, hockey playoffs but... will do better than baseball, quote, regular season this year. Okay. Playoffs over regular season. Yes, that's yes. what I mean. Not, but not regular is, season hockey. Playoffs hockey. That's what it's going to be. So, right. Okay, fine. I mean, I think that's that's probably if you're going up against the playoffs, the regular season anyway. Like no matter what, they're they're going to be down. I don't necessarily think that that's people not watching because of what's happening. I think they're watching because of something that's a little bit more pressing and there's competition okay, for it. But so it's, it's a different scenario. Then you're in a baseball, you're in a situation as baseball where you can't even get the people for this year, even though you're one of the sports coming back. And then the next time people have a chance to watch baseball, it is. A year down the line, and all they remember is the pissing match back and forth that these two sides had. 
So when you do play another regular season in 2021, you might have lost fans by that point. They're, 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 look, they're pushing it. They're, they're definitely going down that route. They're, they're trying to lose fans as, as, as hard as they possibly can, it seems like. So, yeah, I'm not going to disagree in the, pack, the fact that a lot of people are not going to go back to it. Um, I, I will push back in the sense that I think that they, people have a short memory. And when baseball comes back, even if it's, you know, if it's in next spring or whenever it is, like, they will be so happy that it's back and springtime will be here. And hopefully, you know, we're able to go out and go to stadiums and do all that, that it won't matter as much. And uh, yeah, will there be a percentage, a tick off probably, but I still think the stadiums will pack. I think the, the, the you're going to see the biggest decline in the off markets and the teams that suck. And like, in like those, you'll start to see much more empty stadiums. Well, you but the, see that the anyway. good teams. I know, but it'll be, I think that'll be the sharpest decline because you're, you're now attracting, uh, you know, the casual fans not coming out at that point. You have a good team in a big city. I don't think it's going to matter as much. And that's kind of a problem for baseball anyway, because you have so many haves and have nots in the league recently. It's been a very top heavy league the past few years. You have your 100-win teams. There were 300-win teams in the American League last year. That's all. That's all. A lot. That usually doesn't happen. Yeah, you have so you have these home runner strikeout. You have these 100-win teams, then you have these 60-win teams. You have 100-loss teams. You have a you have a hun, you you're a fan in a 100-loss market. No frick is going to go to that game, dude. The, the the home run and the strikeout is a is a is a bigger parallel to what is happening with baseball. I mean, it's the same thing with the teams. Like you're either a good team or you're not a good team. You're either Adam Dunn or you're you're a guy that's that's up there and, and you're cranking home runs. So it's sucking the stri- li- it's sucking the life out of baseball. Yeah, the three true outcomes are sucking the life out of baseball because it's not entertaining. You know, so you know the saying, "A walk is as good as a hit." It used to be. No, no. So that's the, like statistically, a walk is as good of a, as yeah, good of a hit on base percentage. Right? Yeah, it's not as entertaining though. And like, no, it's not. And isn't baseball, isn't the, the goal of sports to be entertaining for its fans? Like, that is the ultimate goal. Provide an entertaining product so people pay to watch it and pay to consume it. Well, if you're not doing an, if you're not performing something that's entertaining, people are not going to pay for it. So while for the, the data nerd in, in Cashman's basement understand, can say a walk is as good as a hit as far as winning a baseball game, it's not as good as. Uh, a walk is not as good as a hit for producing dollars in the owner's pockets because it's not, people are not going to consume walks like they do hits. That's just one example. You can't, you can't get a highlight reel of walks. Barry do that. Just Barry Bonds intentional walk highlight. I mean, that's pretty impressive though. If you know the context, the, what I, I find it interesting. Like I know we'll talk about this. I didn't actually watch it yet, but the documentary, docu-series whatever the hell they call them now on espn uh with uh mcguire and sosa i wonder how many people are looking at that and be like why are these guys so excited why is the why are the fans so pumped up it's just a home run <laughs> yeah just just a home run i think so wasn't diluted <laughs> back then even though there were plenty of players hitting 50 you didn't have your backup outfielder hitting 20 the superstar the big guys were hitting the were hitting the bombs yeah, yeah it was also but, but the big guys also came out of absolutely nowhere the Sammy Sosa's of the world came out of nowhere because of uh you know anabolic steroids mm-hmm. mcguire let's just bring back steroids didn't, oh god at this point you, they've essentially just legalize it but they've essentially brought back steroids with the juice with, ball with the juice ball they've essentially brought back steroids home runs were up record high the, every year the past 3 years yeah. So 
so while it's not Maguire and Sosa chasing Maris, you you just have everyone hitting 20 home runs. 20 home runs is like Brett Gardner hit 28 home. Brett Gardner hit almost 30 home runs. That's a joke. I love Brett Gardner as much as the next guy, but he is a really good defensive speedy outfielder who should be hitting seven home runs, not 28. Andrew recrafted his swing so that now he has launch angle and he's just hitting, he's like Ichiro. He's playing pepper with that wall. It's like Ichiro. Like Ichiro. How many home runs did Ichiro <laughs> hit? What was his high? How many, how, many, how many home runs could Ichiro have hit? That's the question. Remember that season when Wade Boggs was like, I'm just going to hit home runs and he hit like 30? <laughs> yeah, that's my point. It's like when these guys go up there 500 times, if they make a decision early on, like I'm just going to do this, they could probably change their numbers. They're because their hand eye is that good. It's just a matter of getting the ball in the air. Launch angle. Boggs knew that. He's like, I could crush 50 beers, play some launch angle baseball, and, you know, we'll call it a day. Nobody cares if I hit 300 if I'm hitting 30 bombs. Yeah, you should. Uh, you should. I enjoyed the doc, uh, the documentary, Maguire Sosa. And I also had a realization when it was over. It was it kind of made me sad because I realized I'm never going to love baseball the way I did at the in the late 90s. Well, you were also. A I know, kid. I know, but I, and I think that's just any anything. Maybe and maybe that's true for a kid who's twelve years old right now, saying I'm never. You know, they love baseball. They love Aaron Judge. He's he's their favorite player. And then when they're thirty, they're like, ah, I, I just don't love the game like I did when Aaron Judge was was a rookie. And maybe that's yeah. just the case for everyone. I think that's just getting. I think it's just getting old and understanding all the other things because now you see the warts and you see all these things when you're a kid. Yeah, you don't see <laughs> that. You see superstars up there hitting bombs. You're like, oh my God, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. This guy's my idol. You put posters up on the wall. You, you now put them in, into a, uh, they're on a podium. They're, they're all of these things. You're, you're emulating what they're doing. It's a different world, man. You grow up and you have, you have to pay bills and taxes and coronavirus. So we'll, uh, we'll break down the documentary next week once Scott finds time to watch it. Maybe it's the only thing we'll be able to talk about because baseball will officially be canceled by next week. Uh, I forgot that it was Sunday and I forgot that it was on to tell you to be, to be very honest with you. I forgot that it was Sunday and I forgot that it was on and I'm like, Oh shit, it's the middle of it. I'm not going to turn it on yet. And I completely forgot because I, I, every day is the same. I, I, I tried, I tried to convince Leanne to, to turn it on. She wasn't having it. Yeah. <laughs> Although we did watch it last night and I was explaining to her. I, like I, you couldn't convince Leanne to put on uh, something about sports when there's no sports happening. We were watching. You're really losing leverage right we now. We were in the middle of a show, but um, Upload, have you seen it? No. It's it actually not. pretty solid. Um, but we did watch the documentary last night. And I, I was actually pausing it at different points and being like, okay, see, that's Mark McGuire in 1990. Look at his size. And then it, the next scene would be Mark McGuire in 1990. And now look at Mark McGuire in 1998. What do you see as being the difference? It's so incredibly funny to see the difference in like... In the neck? He is triple, the, not even double, triple the size. Yeah, I know. I, I, I was looking back. Uh, I have, <clears throat> you know, uh, if I'm one, of those, I'm one of those people who, if they go and the, they're in the middle of nowhere and they see an antique store, will stop and go in there because I like looking at stuff, artifacts. And I found these star, uh, starting lineup pack is still in the package of the Bash Brothers from like 1989 nice. Canseco Maguire starting lineup in the, in the package. And, uh, the, when you look at them, like on the promo, like the picture itself, they're so skinny. <laughs> they're both so skinny. It's like, how did these guys hit all these home runs? Oh, because that's what normally 
baseball players just did back then. Like they would hit home runs as a being a big guy, like a, a good swing. Yeah. And then they turned into the juiced freaks and didn't matter if they hit the ball square or not. It would just go out. But when they did hit it square, damn, was it fun. Yeah. You know, I almost feel like steroids, um, even more than the strength that it did to, to like hit the ball far. Like say you hit, were supposed to hit the ball 350 feet and instead it went 360 feet. So it went over the fence. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe there is that boost, but I think it's gotta be the biggest difference in with steroids is the fatigue factor. And you didn't get fatigued over 162 games when you were juicing every day, whereas you would normally get fatigued. So you were able to perform at your elite level at game 154 when normally you wouldn't be able to. Like, that's the reason nobody, it took so long to break the home run record. Not because no one could hit the pace for two months or no one was capable of hitting 60 home runs. It's because you couldn't hit average 60 home runs over six months. It was hard to do. Yeah, it was hard to stay healthy there. Healthy like and, and, and have the energy in August 30th to get out there after you've played 20 straight days and hit another home run. One of the most impressive things, steroids or no steroids. I mean, steroids still, but not having that as the, uh, the complete backdrop for this, uh, this next point. But when Barry Bonds was walked, the amount of times that he was walked and then would still go and hit the, a number of home runs that he did. I mean, if you made one pitch Mm -hmm. in the strike zone, to Barry Bonds, it was like a pitching machine. If you even remotely touch anywhere close to the to and the, where he could touch it with his bat, it was gone. Yeah, like the guy was such a freak in in the way that he could get his bat to the same position, time and time and time again. And he just did not have that many opportunities. No, and that's it's, what happens. Unbelievable. That's what happens when you give a five tool complete Hall of Fame talent steroids. He turns into yeah. a video game cheat freak. And also he perfects his swing even more. Like he, he uses it and, and makes it a catalyst and still works his ass off and still gets that. Like he doesn't just use it as a, as a, uh, I'm going to do this instead of working my ass off. I have all the talent. I'm going to work my ass off and I'm going to take steroids. Boom. Barry Bonds. Do you know Barry Bonds one year had, had uh, double the amount of, he had two times the amount of intentional walks as he did singles. Yeah. It was We've talked about uh, this. Like I the guy was before? getting walked. Yeah. No, I'm just saying in general, we've talked about this. He would get walked with the bases loaded. He also never hit 50 or 60 home runs. His high was 49 and then 73. It's kind of weird that he never got to, like into the 50s or the 60s because he walked so much. He didn't have the, like he walked. He so literally much. didn't have the plate like the at bats. Like he just wouldn't get. He like you said, he'd get one pitch a game. <clears throat> he would go one for one with a home run and four walks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. It was such a such a freak. <clears throat> All right, let's talk about the fake cheating scandal that the Yankees were accused of at midnight on Friday by The Athletic. It, it came out of nowhere where a couple of different places reported that a judge orders 2017 MLB letter to the Yankees to be unsealed. And it apparently, the article... Judge like, uh, like, like in the court of law, Judge. Yeah, not Aaron. Um, apparently, the articles led us to believe like there's juicy details in there about what the Yankees did in 2017. We all remember they were punished for illegally using a dugout phone and yes, network cameras. They were punished for that. That was in the whole Red Sox, Apple watch scandal, right? I mean, we didn't know the Astros were banging trash cans in the background in 2017, but the Yankees and Red Sox were punished in 2017. 
But this and, article... And, do you, and who was it? Who was it that made that phone call? Rothschild? Larry Rothschild, yeah, yeah. who doesn't know how to use technology, <laughs> so probably did it by accident. Like, Larry, what are you doing? Can't do that. He still has a flip phone. He still probably... He's like, oh, I thought it was... Oh, I thought this was like a, you know, just a... a just a call. I'm just talking to him through a can. So, but like the article led us to believe like, oh, MLB hid some more details about what the Yankees were doing. And this, yeah. this is gonna, this is gonna blow the lid on it. And then within like three hours, people were like, no, that letter just details everything we already knew. And yes, they were punished for it, but that's not news. And the Yankees didn't, they, they didn't find the Yankees did anything more than illegally use the dugout phone and the yes network cameras. It, the letter was about was was from the um the the court order from what, what is it DraftKings or one of those that was suing baseball yes with other with uh with other uh, parties and they had redacted to, information in there about the Yankees yeah but that's what it was but the redacted information is nothing that we didn't already know but the Athletic and uh, NJ.com posted it and maybe one other place led us to believe for a little while the Yankees were about to be implicated in some serious cheating scandal right yes the Athletic who laid off 8% of their workers the Friday before this. I didn't connect uh, put those out, dots. Put out some some clickbait bullshit about the New York Yankees. Who puts out clickbait at midnight on a Friday? The New York Yankees. Well, they did that the last... They, they, they dropped news in the middle of the night quite often. I feel like he, he did that the last time, too. It was late at night when he dropped some information. I don't know, man. Like... It's very, very suspicious. It's def- it was definitely a clickbait, clickbaity, and they're they're not known for doing that until now. <laughs> so no one's you know, times are clickbait. tough. Times are tough, man. Let's pick on the biggest team with a fan base that gets really mad that everybody hates. It's also believable. Let's, though. let's just accuse it's it. It's believable because there's smoke it's, there around the Yankees. It's fringe. It's fringe believable. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because the Yankees yep. were, they knew it would circulate. They knew it would circulate. The Yankees were mentioned dozens of times in those Astros and Red Sox reports. Right. They were investigated. They, they admitted that in 2015, an ex-player for the Yankees admitted, I thought it was Mark Teixeira, but the player has not come out. An ex-player admitted in 2014 and 15, they illegally used the replay room. But at the time, it wasn't illegal. There were no rules in place to say you couldn't do that. Sorry, officer, like- I didn't know I couldn't do that. It's like Mark. It's like Mark McGuire taking Andro. Right. It was in his locker. Yeah, for it's a legal GNC supplement. It. What are you talking about? Yeah. What are you doing? It's like it's literally there. I'm looking at you. Post game interview, Andro, right there in your locker. So what this ex Yankee said is basically in 2014 and 15, we used the replay room to do what the Red Sox did in 2018. He didn't say those words, but that's what he said they did. That they would relay signs to runners who would then relay them to the uh, to the hitter. They didn't do an Astros situation where they were live real time real time directly uh getting it to the hitter so uh, still wrong but not illegal at the time not found they were actually doing it no evidence not punished for that they were only punished for the 2017 stuff and it was not nearly as bad as the Astros stuff so i mean it was believable because there was smoke around the yankees and i was always worried the yankees were the, were going to be the next shoe to drop after the red sox well, they've been. I, I think everybody's been been waiting for that and and really, really scrounging for it because it's the biggest story. Yes, right? it's the biggest story if that comes out uh, behind what the Astros did. If the, if it, if there were ever a story to be had about cheating and the New York Yankees were involved, guess what? That's gonna really piss people off and just never go. Well, away. it's also. I immediately was thinking to how Aaron Judge and Sabathia and a lot of Yankees players really came out strong against the Astros players when all this Mm -hmm. stuff came out. And I was like, oh man, 
if it is found that they did something similar in 2017, they're never going to live that down. <clears throat> Not, that was my fear when I was reading these headlines. Right. But the, the the Astros are doing exactly that, and the Astros the Astros did not waste a second. Correa Bregman like, getting whoa, 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 whoa. wait what, what? Happened? wait what what's going on oh you guys cheated too oh okay they had they had tweets saved saved yeah. his drafts, drafts. yeah <laughs> they're just waiting so Correa left his up he's a he's a dink and uh, uh, Bregman deleted his he's he's extra just he's just gutless. such an idiot gutless yeah I, he's such a coward. I really hate Alex Bregman now. This is he's definitely become the most hated player in my eyes for in a long time. Like at least Altuve there's just a lot of things to not up, like right? about. At him. least Altuve shut up. Altuve really just kind of got implicated by everybody else. He he was trying to like stay out of it, honestly. He never really like tried to get in the middle of this. No. He didn't. He's not he, a mutter. <laughs> Bregman and Correa are mutters. Mutter was a mutter. They they they, uh, yeah, Correa just thought Correa's really just not, he's leaned into being a complete jackass. He's the heel. I used to like him too, man. I love the story of Correa coming up, uh, from Puerto Rico, learning English. Uh, this, this came about in the world series, the tainted world series of 2017, but he, they were talking about him learning English so that he could talk to reporters because he wanted to be a professional baseball player in America. I mean, that, like, that's a, I love that story. Such a good I love story. That story. It's so easy to root for a guy. He gets like engaged that. after they win. Like, Oh, he's like this. Everybody likes him. He's like this big thing. And now he won't shut up. He's an ass. Yeah. He was very, it's very he's easy likable. to root for that. Any, when you have something off the field, that's like a genuine uh, story that, that you can get behind no matter what team, yeah, you could get behind it. And then all of a sudden, it turns out that you are an egregious cheater that that has premeditated these things and like th- it just goes a laundry list of 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 infractions and egregious cheating. And then you double down on it by not shutting up and trying to point the finger at other people after you you were the one that committed the crime. If, you, if you're Sorry. the Astros, you got to at least read the article before you start chiming in. Like, don't just be a headline read. Don't be a Facebook headline commenter. Terrible. Um, really terrible. Did you see Buster only eviscerate the Astros for ruining baseball? Yeah, they did. They ruined baseball. I'm going to blame That's them That's another thing that when you think about Manfred, like what do people think of when they think of Manfred right now? Mishandled the Astros cheating scandal mishandled the Red Sox cheating stuff, botched everything to do with coronavirus shutdown, league negotiations, league communications. He, he has what, what positive thing oh, oh, on and his by the resume way, has he done? Oh, and by the way, he was insanely involved in the A-Rod uh, covering up um, juicing scandal. I know, that's a long time ago. Biogenesis. Oh, like I know, but last, it's still on his resume. 18 months. My Nothing point is, is it's happened. still in this man's resume. He, he was like the sheriff then, and now he's the asshole now. It's like, you know, the guy, you look back at, at the weasel's career and you find things that you can hate throughout. I mean, Bud Selig was an evil genius, and Rob Manfred is just a little weasel, gap-tooth weasel. He's, he's yeah, he's solidifying himself, solidifying himself as but a, like, what's a, one a good permanent th- villain can, in baseball history. Can you name one good thing? positive for baseball that Rob Manfred has done it. I mean, I think Bud Selig did a lot of shitty things, but at the same time, I think he did some good things for baseball. Yeah. He let steroids back in the game. So that the game could get back. As in. much as Bud Selig is a worm, yeah. I believe he loves baseball. 
Do you agree with that? I guess as much as I can estimate that from a distance. I don't believe Rod Manfred loves baseball. I don't care if they love baseball or not. That's not their job. Their job is to make it a better product. That's their, true. their job is to their job is to their job is to come in and make sure that they are the uh, you know leading the 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 voice of of the embodied MLB and they're not doing well. That. That's true. It's it, their their ultimate job is to make the best product possible. But I think part of that is and that's a, what Bug Selig did. At least he tried to do with the steroid thing by like turning a blind eye. Yeah, I mean he also well, did he, maybe he did some other things that helped the competitiveness of the league, like adding the wild card team to the playoff yep. mix. I think that created a lot of playoff races that baseball otherwise would never have had. And that's good. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think that's a, a positive thing there. You could look through anybody's resume and find these positive things. You can't as well. find them you for, could, you for could Manfred it. though. I'm sure if you gave me an hour, I could find a few things that he did, you know, that, that I can't think of right now. I'm sure there's a couple things. Uh, 2000. When did he take over? Like mid, like 2000, 2015, right? Ish. The bottom line is it doesn't matter what you do. If you do all these positive things and then you, you screw this up and then, and, and this becomes your legacy, none of that matters. That's, that's the point. Like this is going to be hit the, the, the mark of his career yeah. forever. It's going to be very difficult to come back from this. Yeah, Definitely. And you, I mean, just like, uh, I mean, Bud Selig. And once the CBA is done, once the CBA is done, don't, don't, don't oh, be surprised. Be well, that I'm just saying once the next agreement is done, whenever that is, don't, don't be surprised when the owners say, okay, later, bitch, get, and get their next puppet. Maybe. Because if, he's going to be, unless, he's going to be worn out. Unless the he's owners, worn out. unless the owners come out on top in the negotiation, then they'll be like, oh, good job. Thank you. Yeah. But at the same time, now they have some room to breathe. And they're going to groom their next guy. I think because this one, this one is now tainted. So and now everybody knows he's our guy. Got to get rid of him. I you can't you can't have that guy out be a public. My conclusion from the history episode of owners versus players, the longest rivalry in sports, because that's what it is. My conclusion from that is it the whole thing needs to be blown up because they're in a vicious cycle in a pattern they cannot get out of, and just negotiating another five year CBA does not solve anything because we're going to be right back here in 2025. So I think the whole thing needs to be blown up. I don't know if that's but possible. That's not realistic. It's not. That's why it hasn't happened. That's why that vicious, that's why the vicious cycle exists because you can't blow it up. That's why the vicious that's why it's been but so maybe long. this is such a shakeup. This this is 1994 so wasn't wasn't detrimental enough. Well, you kind of had everything shaken up after that though. It did it didn't it it didn't affect the, the relationships. It didn't affect like the system. I know that they changed the system to a way, but when you say blowing up, what does that mean? I think you got to restructure the entire player pay system. So it's not that they think they're getting screwed and the owners can screw them. I don't know if it's the arbitration, the six year thing, when they hit free agency what kind of deals they're signed for. Like the NBA doesn't have this problem because they have like sort of these, these, um, the, don't they have like these, these, uh, these brackets of contracts, right? Like you can max sign a player for this, but you can minimum sign a player for this. If he's been in the league for X number of years, he minimum has to make this. Maybe it's impossible to do that with baseball because there, there's no salary cap. 
and they're if never going to. The players cap, are never going to agree to a salary. That's cap. the problem. That's part of the problem. If there were a salary cap, a lot of this stuff would just be what it is. Now the the next collective bargaining agreement would be like, okay, we need you know X percentage of an increase to bump the salary cap up so that we could start incrementally paying guys more money. That that when if there's a framework, then there's less room for you know imagination and experimentation and like room for like you know, egregious contracts that are now making people salty because they have to sign them or they'll wait and not sign them. And now you're in freaking, you know, February, March, and you have the biggest free agents out there not signing contracts because they're trying to make a point. No, because there's a salary cap and you have to spend your money. Like if, if they had a structure within the way that guys got paid and a framework that had a minimum and a, and a, and a, and a top end, there wouldn't be this problem. Yeah. That's the laboring, the, the labor agreements are the problem because they're, the contracts have no. There's a minimum floor with the with the, uh, the the minimum salaries, but there's no there's no max. There's no there's no cutoff. They tried to do that with the luxury tax, but well, it's it's, it really it's an unofficial salary cap. It's wor- yeah. it's worked more recently. It's not made anybody happy. That's that's clear. No, but it's it's. I mean, you had teams like the Yankees get under it, which no one ever thought the Yankees were going to get under it. I know, but they got under it. But then they went out and spent insane amount to, to like, okay, we've reset it. They're just gaming the system. They're like, oh, we'll take a couple of years off. Yeah, they took over. a couple of years off. They took years off in years when Manny Machado and Bryce Harper were free agents. And for seven years, people were like, oh, Bryce Harper is going to be a Yankee, $500 million. I mean, yeah, we're hearing that because we're in this market too. Like, I, I think people also- Well, Scott Boris probably had been, th- I bet Scott, that was Scott Boris's pitch when he signed Bryce Harper when he was 17 years old. Probably. Scott Boris probably puts out all... The, he's probably half of the problem, this whole thing, to tell you the truth. So it probably goes back to Scott Boris, honestly. The, but unless you, unless you do that, unless you have some kind of a framework where everybody kind of knows where they live and knows where their boundaries are, you're going to have people pushing and, and trying to you know, blow up the box and, and take advantage of, of the other person one way or another. There's no framework. It's the Wild West. We're going to have a long time to talk about how it should be set up between these two sides because we're going to have a long work stoppage. Very possible. It's going to be like Very years without baseball. Uh, let's get to the draft, which is also really not good news because they shortened it to five rounds. And there's hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of players who are screwed out of opportunities to sign with teams for actual dollars instead of the $20,000. Uh, just yet another thing that the owners are looking bad for. Although I am very excited for our first round pick. Yeah, and the Yankees, if we, if we play baseball. The Yankees out of the five picks... Uh, had three because they lost their second and fifth round picks for Garrett Cole. But um, their first round pick was Austin Wells, not related to David Wells, which was my first question. <laughs> He's a catcher and a power hitting lefty from the University of Arizona, who they drafted previously in 2017. So they, they go back to the well pretty often in drafts. They'll pick a guy late round. He won't sign. He'll go to college. i like, we still like you. We're going to take they you high back. this time. They go back to the well. Yeah. Look, this guy had a great reaction that, number one, that's what I saw. The family, phenomenal reaction. He gets drafted by the Yankees. The whole place goes nuts. The whole place goes absolutely bonkers. I love to see that. You got to love to see when the whole family is jacked up, ready to go. They wanted to be a New York Yankee, got his New York Yankee dream. He's probably not going to be a catcher. He's going to be a left-handed first baseman. We got our Greg Bird, but a better Greg Bird who has a beard currently that's going to have to shave that beard. But this kid has actual potential but, and is not he's, – he's a catcher, which means he's tougher. He's not Greg Bird. He doesn't have a brittle 
every bone in his body. This kid's got grit. Wasn't Greg it. Bird a catcher? I refuse to believe that. I think I think he was. Because <laughs> wasn't he the third catcher on the team? I mean, that doesn't matter. No, because I think he caught like in the minors or something like that. Tom Tupa was the, the third quarterback at one, a couple of years. <laughs> he was a punter. The, the, uh, Jorge Posada was a second baseman, and he got moved to catcher. When you, when you have a guy like Austin Wells being drafted as a catcher, like they go through the, – the reason he was drafted was because he is a power-hitting lefty. He's got the swing. He's got the, I think, ability for them. And that's what they like. They like the offense here. Uh, you know, if he, if he could develop as a catcher, then great. Um, unless he develops more as a, as a hitter, then they don't want him to be a catcher. Well, they also so we'll, had we'll uh, uh, Anthony Siegler, who they drafted two years ago as a catcher. Yeah, they've, they've drafted a lot of catchers, actually. They have a, a, a solid amount of catchers in the system. I think it's That's actually I, Cashman's best position. He evaluates catchers better than any other position. Yeah. Think about it. Well, we'll see if, we'll see if he becomes a catcher or stays in the, in the position. Because he definitely can play first base also. Like he, and they need a long-term first baseman. I mean, think about all the, the catchers who, over the past few years, have actually had time, like real significant time in the majors. Obviously, Gary Sanchez, Romine, um, now Higgy. Um, uh, John Ryan Murphy, Francisco Cervelli, like uh, Cashman does a good job at evaluating catchers. Yeah, he does. Not he does. not so. so what are, you, are you saying that he doesn't do as well? Yeah, um, starting pitchers not so well. Or bullpen, first left-handed first baseman. Bullpen excellent. Catchers really good. <laughs> left-handed first baseman. Uh, no. not so much. The, uh, he was also grew up a Red Sox fan because of 2004, but now he said he's a Yankees fan. And he just wants to hit dingers at Yankee Stadium. Gotta love it. The uh, third round, they took Trevor Hoover. Hauver? How do you say that? Hauver. Hauver. Uh, second baseman out of Arizona State. And then in the fourth round, they took right-handed pitcher from Northwest Florida State College, Beckway. How about that baseball name? Gotta love it. Northwest Florida State College, that means he's a stud. North. If he's drafted in the fourth round and he's a right-handed pitcher from Northwest North, Florida South, State East, College, North South he's either got a, he's either got a, he's either got a criminal record. He's got a criminal record. Or a meth he addiction. came in as yeah, or he came in as a, Alligator a position and developed as a right-handed pitcher <laughs> and they found gold. Uh. He was obviously not recruited. Or wanted to stay home to take care of his sick grandmother. If you're interested, a lot, lot of stories could be. If there. you're interested in all this draft stuff, Rohan was writing some really good articles on the website on bronxpinstripes.com. Uh, he did some prospect profiles for all these guys, so go check those out. Uh, you see the you see the little video that Garrett Cole posted on his IG yesterday. It's kind of ironic that he did that. He what was does like, that do for us? Well, it's kind of funny that he he did that because he, like he had to get to Yankee Stadium doing a bullpen session because he knows like this might be my last day because everything's gonna be shut down tomorrow. Man, did he have to go through uh, the movie theater being shut up? Did he, did he have to walk through a screening of whatever the hell's on on uh, in the movies now? Look, it's just depressing. It's depressing, is what it is. It's depressing seeing that because the fact that he's there throwing the ball hard. Did he have his baby yet? In a uniform. I don't know. I think his wife has the baby, but I'm not sure if they've had it. Well, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I don't know. I don't know if they've had it or not. I think the baby was due early June, so it's now mid-June. 
good that's math here if, if math works out then she's either very 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 uncomfortably pregnant at this point or they've had the baby i am not sure i think they have though okay i feel like they have okay. i feel like they've that's had what the i was baby. asking i don't i don't see the, the, i might be there's people who care like they follow these guys on social media and instagram like i don't follow any of these players on instagram because i don't at the end of the day i really only give a crap what they're doing when it's on the field I like it behind the stories. I like to know what they're doing. I'm not. I'm not watching everything they're doing. Exactly. I, like to know. I mean, I'll know. Like, oh, that's cool. I saw the video of him. Like, I don't need to. I don't need to follow all these guys. All right. I'll get the information. Yeah, I don't know about the baby. I'm not sure. Um, <clears throat> that's gonna do it for this episode. Go, go order that coffee. We got some more orders using code Bronx for 25% off on RichardAllenCoffee.com. My dad, closer and closer. My dad is super excited, even though he doesn't know about coming on the podcast. I think if baseball gets shut down, because can we get a meter? Can we get a meter so that he can we get a reaction from him? You need to tell him and let him know that this is happening. I was going to tell him once we get down to like the final ten orders. Can you do a? Can you do like a, um, like a uh, a hidden camera and tell him so that we can get a real reaction? I will. Yeah. So I'm going to see him for Fourth of July. I haven't even seen my parents since January, other than like FaceTime. Um, I'm going to see him for 4th of July. I will get, I will tell him and I will, I will have, uh, the video of that and see what, see what his reaction is. I want, I want a very natural reaction. I want a hidden camera or Leanne. Yeah. I'm probably there, gonna have Leanne like checking her phone, but actually yeah. like recording it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's got to know, he's got to understand that he doesn't, he needs to not know that the but camera see, is on him. Then if my dad gets like angry, like he might just kick my ass. That's, that's great, great content. And my dad's a black belt. <laughs> I did not know that, but that's awesome. He's a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. Your dad surprises me every every time we bring him up. There's a there's another thing about him. My dad is, is my dad phenomenal. is sixty. He was born in nineteen fifty. He's sixty three. He's he's in better shape than I am, and he, he's in phenomenal shape. And I've only seen him in a in a tux, and the guy looks like he's just cut. And he he is a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. So if I piss him so off, I'm really, I really hope he kicks your ass. <laughs> Why, well, while Leanne is recording this and Leanne's just sitting there watching, recording it, you just got to make sure that she understands that she has to get the entire footage. Like don't stop rolling that tape. He's just going to kick me in the forehead. Oh my, I would die. Rick. <laughs> Roastmaster uh, Rick. <laughs> Roastmaster Rick with a roundhouse to the face, please. So, but like, I, I feel, so I, if, if we do hit the hundred order mark, I was going to say, I was going to wait until baseball's actually back so there's games to talk about cuz that's when he's at his best. When he can Oh, bitch. you want people to wait after that? No, we're not in a wait no, 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 but like, situation no, no, no. now. But I was going to say like if he comes on now there's really nothing to talk about. Um, you know, if all it's business as usual and like the season is supposed to start at the end of July, I was going to have him come on after there's some games because he is at his best after the yeah, Yankees have a catastrophic loss, right? right? Chapman blows a save. Boom, get him on the podcast, see what his reaction is. <laughs> not like, oh, the season starts in a week. That's not fun. But right. if shit gets shut down because these two sides can't agree, oh, yeah, he's going to come fire on and fire it up. Yeah, I'm good with that. I want, I want, I want, I want peak ro- uh, Roastmaster Rick. It's hard to say. I want, I want peak anger Roastmaster Rick. And I'm, I'm going to poke and prod as much as I possibly can. I'm at a safe distance. I can't get kicked in the face. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there. I think. I think he'll probably want me on the podcast as well. But I'll. I'll sort that's of... not part of the deal. Right. This is going to be a labor negotiation. <laughs> Sorry, that's not part of the deal. 
Who's, <laughs> not a, who's the who's the arbiter this, in the process? I there is no arbitrator. There, this is this is this is just a. It is what it is. We are making this this uh, this episode, and you will not be there. Thank you. Bottom so line. thank you to everybody who has ordered uh, the coffee and people who have said nice words that they've enjoyed the coffee. Go go on richardallencoffee.com. Use code Bronx for twenty five percent off. It's a great deal, and everyone's at home, so they're going to need to be making coffee at home. It is, um, if you are interested in like the process of the coffee and like the background behind the business, I, I've wrote like in the about section on the website, like, sort of the history of all that. My dad started the company in the mid eighties. He's been doing it pretty much been like a one man show, uh, with a few employees here and there over the past like 35 years. So who is Richard Allen? That's him. Allen's his middle name. Ah, see. Okay. Yeah. Learning things new. Yeah. There you go. All right. That's it. Scott, what's your, um, master Richie? No. What? He doesn't ever go by Rich. No, he or actually Richie? used to have uh, a a service guy that was Rich, and it, he was Rich. He was always Rick. He's Rick. Uh, some sometimes Richard, but Rick. This is his name, Rustmaster Rick. Uh, <laughs> how how it. you feeling about about like everything? Like next week, are we going to be talking about a mandated season? Be, man, I, I, it's funny because I made the analogy about being a Jets fan earlier. I was kind of joking, but I'm honestly not. It's Similar. It, it is what it is. Very, very similar to, to to my emotions at this point. They've worn me down. I'm um I'm, I'm emotionally exhausted about this whole thing, about talking about it, about reacting to all the bullshit. It's just it's you're at a point where you're just like, okay, I don't really care how we move forward. Let's just have a conclusion and be done with whatever this is, Definitely. and then move on to the next freaking phase of whatever the hell is coming next. Yeah, I don't even care. Like. You want to end the season? End the goddamn season. Just do it. Mandate just the season or end the it. Just make a decision. Off. Just do it. Like if that's going to happen, then do it now because I'm over this. Okay, but my question yeah. is: next week when we talk, is it going to be a canceled season, a mandated season, or an agreed upon season? I don't think there's going to be a mandated season unless they waive this. This uh, and the players you know, the are never going to do that. Them. Players are not going to do that. So they're either going to come to a an agreement. That's in the middle, or there's going to be a canceled season, and I still, I still don't, I don't see how a canceled season can, can benefit anybody. I, I mean, I know some owners. There's a, a small percentage of owners that are fine with that because they're losing money anyway, you know. But but the majority of them still would benefit from uh, being. Uh, having a product on the field. So, well, the only th- way the players are going to agree to like say a 60 game season at full prorated pay, pay is if the owners give them some other assurance assurances, whether it's no draft pick compensation for the next free agent cycle. Like that could be an assurance for players because that will open up the free agent in theory, open the free agent market more. That doesn't prevent collusion, which could happen. The owners could they say, do, here's the thing. You, they don't collude. need to do that. They don't need to do that because it's either zero or something. Now the owners are in the complete driver's seat. There's nothing up. The, the players have already thrown their hands up. Their hands are up. It's over. Like they're done. But they could, now, they could the sue owners, the owners. If there's no season, they could, they sue, could the sue the owners. Right. And the owners but don't now, want that. Exactly. But so now for them to play, for them to get paid, for them to not think about a, a lawsuit down the road, guys like Longo who have a finite career better get on the field and play because otherwise they're not getting paid at all. That's a big deal. We're gonna have scabs. Probably. You think we'll have replacement players? No. Do you know Shane? Sp- I wish. Did you know Shane Spencer was a replacement player? I, I didn't. I, I learned that in the last history episode. 
I don't think I I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. I was only if I if I, I knew it at one point I forgot it. But yeah, there's um, it's possible, but I think it's too late for that even. I'll go try out. Or, no, it would I'll just throw, be minor I'll leaguers. My, I'll throw my it would be my, if enough minor leaguers can would cross the picket line. No, I know, but then then people like us could go play. If they don't, what position would you try out for? Probably second base. Cool. I'd be the I. <laughs> I'd be the the extra inning home run derby guy. Yeah, the never-ending game. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show... We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.